Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Raymond's got it left sideline. Let the celebration begin. With four titles in the last eight years, the run is not done. The Golden State Warriors once again are NBA champions in 2022. 103 to 90 with 3.2 left. They got to clear the court here before the full-on celebration. Yeah, the buzzer wasn't the end of the game, was it? But there it is. The Warriors have won it. And an homage to our friend Tim Roy. The base team is the best team again. Once again, the base team is the best team. The Golden State Warriors. Welcome back to another episode of Strength in Numbers and the Golden State Warriors are your defending NBA champions. It's been a while, folks. It's been a couple weeks. I've been on vacation taking a, some time off for myself after the Warriors have secured their fourth NBA championship in eight seasons. Of course, six games is what it took with the Warriors winning 103-90 to over the Boston Celtics. Steph Curry gets his finals MVP. The Warriors have a parade. They have a draft day on which they select selected three players to make a new members of the Golden State Warriors, as well as the Warriors hosting the California Classic this weekend. A lot has happened. Comments from Draymond Green on his podcast going back and forth with Kendrick Perkins. So much Warriors news and a lot of NBA free agency news. A lot of NBA trades have happened as well. We are not going to dive into all of that in one single episode, but we will touch on every one potentially and future episodes will definitely dive into that but we got to focus on the Warriors winning their fourth title in eight seasons I attended the parade down Market Street it was amazing lined up there early at about 5 a.m. a few hundred people there try to get a good spot and was able to get a really good spot on Market Street front row third street is what I believe I was on Got to meet some great Warriors fans. All of Dub Nation was pumped. It was a great event. After the parade, Draymond Green said it was his favorite parade so far. The first one in San Francisco. And hopefully more to come down the line for the Warriors of titles and for the fans to celebrate down Market Street. Started off on Main and Market and of course ended on Main and 8th in San Francisco. Got to see Jordan Poole and his family with those water guns. Got blasted with that, was soaked. Also got a little bit of champagne poured on me by Draymond Green. Steph Curry came right up close in front of the section that we were at. I was holding a Warriors World shirt. Shout out to Warriors World once again for their fire merch. It was the Steph Better uh, shirt. It was Curry doing the little shoulder, shoulder shrug. It was that game a couple years ago where he was wearing that 
yellow warriors jersey steph saw it um, a lot of people pointed at it, uh, whether it was ownership, uh, security, uh, whatever members were on the float from the Golden State Warriors staff, a lot of them noticed that shirt was pointing when I holded it up. So that was great. Definitely an interactive parade compared to other ones in Oakland, um, just because the players would not speak after the parade event. So they encouraged the Warriors players to hop off their tro trolleys, hop off those buses and get down and interact with the fans. My favorite moments from the parade personally was our section got Zaza Pachulia to come off what he was riding. Got a video of me saying nothing easy to Zaza and Zaza responding back with that's right. And you can check that video and as well as the video of Steph Curry coming up in front of our section with the finals MVP trophy bask in cheers of MVP by the crowd. You can check that out on my Twitter at bkadiz0. Of course, you can follow this podcast on Twitter at dubs underscore strength. But as always, this championship podcast is presented by our partners at Bet Online. And our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's Wimbledon Finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to get the bonus and get into the action bet online where the game starts everyone's favorite player clay thompson had a time quite a time at the parade we saw him on the player's speeches before the parade started crying when bob fitzgerald asked him about his journey and Draymond green was laughing in the background we saw clay thompson lose his nba finals championship hat on the boat he was on in the San Francisco Bay heading to the parade. We saw him knock over a fan after he stumbled on this little sewer drainage and ran into a fan, knocked her down. Thankfully, she was okay. And later on in the parade, we saw Clay Thompson lose his championship ring briefly on the ground. That was accompanied by Jordan Poole and the endless memes that we see Jordan Poole get caught in. We saw Festus Azili on air try to say the word batty, but he couldn't say it. And he asked or he told Jordan Poole that he steps his game up when those baddies are in attendance. And that was meme-worthy as well, as well as Jordan Poole looking for those baddies in the crowd. It was a great time. The players were drunk. They were turned up. They were lit. We saw Steph Curry afterwards at after parties, um, after the championship in Boston, and after the parade itself, dancing, getting on the floor. I mean, this was the most satisfying championship compared to any of the Warriors championships. Not only were there a lot of first-time guys celebrating their first NBA championship, like Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, Gary Payton II, Nemanja Bialica, Otto Porter Jr. It was a collective, really embodies the strength and numbers philosophy. We saw Steph Curry win his first NBA Finals MVP finally. It's almost like the 49ers back in the day uh, ripping the monkey off of 
Steve Young's back after he won his first Super Bowl. That's what it felt like for Steph Curry and this Golden State Warriors team. They are the defending champions once again and heading into the next season, they have the target on their backs. Now, the Warriors, after celebrating their parade last Monday, had to immediately turn things around a couple of days later because last Thursday, the Warriors participated in the 2022 NBA draft. The Warriors had three picks, and with their first pick coming at number 28, they select former McDonald's All-American in high school, Patrick Baldwin Jr., a freshman from Milwaukee. The Warriors initially had the number 51st pick, sending it along with cash to the Atlanta Hawks for their number 44th pick, which they used to select Toledo sophomore Ryan Rollins. And we have news about Ryan Rollins coming a little later after we tell you more about the Warriors final pick of the NBA draft their number 55th pick it was used on Brazilian guard Gui Santos and we'll talk about Santos overseas and his numbers and what we can expect from all three rookies but immediately after the draft ended the Warriors weren't done signing players they signed Memphis junior guard and James Wiseman's former teammate, Lester Quinones, to a two-way contract. So he will have a two-way contract with the Golden State Warriors. He will come up and down with the Santa Cruz Warriors and with the NBA team. Man, a lot to cover here. But before we do, we got to talk about number 44th overall pick, Ryan Rollins. It was found out earlier today that he has a... Fracture on his fifth metatarsal in his right foot. This is from Warriors PR. The injury was detected during his onboarding medical evaluation. It was not found during last week's NBA draft. Now, Ryan Rollins is officially out for Summer League in Vegas as well as the California Classic. Now, UCSF's Dr. Narav Pandya, I tweeted at and asked him what this type of injury can take how long it will take for Ryan Rollins to recover and Dr. Narav Pandya himself said on Twitter that the research states typically somewhere between 10 to 14 weeks for these injuries but can be longer if you go down the surgical route so I did a little research myself and the NBA regular season for the 2022-23 calendar year begins on October 18th so Dating all the way today on June 29th, all the way to October 18th, that will be 16 weeks for Ryan Rollins. And if he pushes it as early as 10 weeks to what Dr. Narav Pandya said, also to the latest of 14 weeks, he'll have anywhere from six to two weeks to recover, join the team, and try to make an impact. We'll see if he makes it on the big league squad immediately or if he will be sent down to Santa Cruz to develop, which is the most likely option, especially if he misses the California Classic and, of course, all of the Summer League in Las Vegas. We saw what happened with James Wiseman coming into the league first. Had difficulty early on, but had some success with 12.6 rebounds, and that was in limited minutes. So if Ryan Rollins can provide that type of impact in Santa Cruz, look for a late call-up for him for the Golden State Warriors throughout the year. We'll see if he bounces up and down with a big league squad as well. 
Well, before we dive into Patrick Baldwin Jr., I just have to state that all of these Warriors picks are going to be developmental picks. The Warriors have the flexibility to develop these guys that can be big hits or just someone that you'll forget about being in the second round. Patrick Baldwin Jr. was a consensus lottery pick here in the first round, uh, potentially if he did not suffer that injury. Of course, he had offers from Duke, North Carolina, and Kansas. Um, that injury on his foot, also some tendonitis, uh, provided him a spot to drop all the way down. Also a COVID-shortened season there in Milwaukee. He, of course, played under his father in Milwaukee, Pat Baldwin Sr. So just having that um, those injuries impact his play. The Warriors wanted to take a swing at him there with a number 28th pick in last week's draft. I was asked by our podcast network, of course, Believe, to do a quick reaction to after the Warriors selected Pat Baldwin Jr. And what I had for him was that he was a great shot creator, has a high finish on his jump shot, um, did take some tough contested shots there in college, which was unnecessary, but he will fit really perfectly here to the Warriors system as he was known as a three-point threat in his high school years, didn't trans translate over to college. Again, his struggles there with the injuries and the shortened COVID season, but he has all the potential to live up to that lottery pick that he was essentially projected to be at. He reminds me a lot of a guy that the Denver Nuggets selected a few years back in Michael Porter Jr., um, another guy that dealt with injuries in college out of Missouri, but is someone that has great upside if he can get healthy. And of course, MPJ has had one great season with the Denver Nuggets, injury plague season last season for MPJ. Hopefully Patrick Baldwin Jr. can be along that trajectory, minus the injuries that MPJ has had so far in the league. The Warriors are going to look to capitalize on a guy like Pat Baldwin Jr.'s wingspan. He's 6'9", but has a 7'2 wingspan. And that length there, the Warriors can definitely develop Pat Baldwin as a 3 and D type of player. We saw how the Warriors improved Andrew Wiggins the past two seasons to become a two-way player. And with a guy and athleticism like Pat Baldwin, his shooting ability, and just that length, the Warriors are definitely going to try to take advantage of that and develop him to a two-way player that can hope and help build another future dynasty, another young core for the Golden State Warriors to add to Moses Moody, Jordan Poole, Jonathan Kaminga, and James Wiseman. Now we'll touch on Ryan Rollins. We, of course, talked about his injury and how he will not be playing in any of the summer league games. But out of Toledo, a great player has the ability to score at all three levels, which the Golden State Warriors love. Similar to a guy like Jordan Poole out of Michigan. And you take a look at Ryan Rollins' stats. Nearly 19 points per game. 6 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and 1.7 steals. This is going to be a guy like Jordan Poole that the Warriors are just going to let cook on offense. Again, defensively, he's a smaller guy. Has some issues there on the defensive end. Just like any young rookie coming out of college. But once again, the Golden State Warriors known for 
their defensive um, effort, their defensive intensity, which is always underrated, leading themselves to four NBA titles in the past eight seasons. Ryan Rollins, 6'4", again, another developmental pick. Of course, if he's going to start the season off, like I said, in Santa Cruz, the Warriors can send him up, call him down, really develop him down there in the G League. And for Gui Santos, number 55th overall pick for the Warriors, 11 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 1.5 assists last season for his club team in Brazil, Minas. When we take a look at his shooting numbers for last season as well, 45% from the field and 32% from beyond the arc. When we take a look at his drafting and uh, scouting profile here, has to improve his shooting and improve his free throw shooting as well. Can tend to over dribble, but a lot of his pros say that he's a solid rebounder, an adequate playmaker, and excels at off-ball motion plays, which the Warriors, of course, love to do a motion offense. He's the type of guy that can fill in down the line. Athletic and energetic swingman is what is listed here on NBA Scouting Live. Com. Gui Santos could, of course, fill that role similar to Nemanja Bielica once he develops. And another great Brazilian on the squad there for player development, of course, and Leandro Barbosa should definitely help out with developing a native countryman like Gui Santos. Now, Lester Quinones on a two-way contract. I love this signing for the Golden State Warriors. He's, he made the AAC All-Freshman team as well as a 2021 NIT champion with the Memphis Tigers. Of course, James Wiseman's former team averaged 10.5 points, 3.5 rebounds, 1.3 assists, and 1.2 steals last season and shot 39% on threes which we love to see try to develop those three-point shooters for the Warriors and their future he's a pretty well-sized guy if I say so myself and for the Warriors you know last season we saw the impact that Quindary Weatherspoon had in that uh in that Christmas Day game with against the Phoenix Suns down there in Phoenix the Warriors really do want to sign guys that in situations where injuries can play a factor they can really call up and make an impact so a two-way contract for the 6'5 208 pound Lester Quinones I believe is a really really great pick for the Golden State Warriors I would say he's a great athlete and an average defender there in, in Memphis is what they say for Lester Quinones looking forward to seeing him and his development down in Santa Cruz along with other draft picks here for this class of course and Pat Baldwin Ryan Rollins and Gui Santos the future is bright for the Golden State Warriors there in Santa Cruz I am looking forward to all of these draft picks in the summer league roster or during the NBA season or the G League season for players that aren't going to be in the summer league itself of course notable guys on the summer league roster that was announced by the golden state warriors earlier today pat baldwin jr justinian jessup comes back again we saw the hype from him last season did not make the nba team but he is back out of the australia league the nbl in the ilara hawks once again jonathan kaminga Selim Mawube, of course, we saw him have a great season down with the Santa Cruz Warriors. Moses Moody, Lester Quinones, Ryan Rollins, of course, out. Gui Santos, 
Quindary Weatherspoon returns, as well as James Wiseman's anticipated debut or his rehab games coming, basically. We'll call them rehab games for James Wiseman after he has missed an NBA season last year and half of the NBA season in his rookie year. Courtesy of Anthony Slater, though, a couple notables for these players that we just mentioned. Moses Moody will play for the Warriors Summer League team during the California Classic. Jonathan Kaminga will not. He is back in the Congo since his brother is competing with the Congo national team. Jonathan Kaminga will meet the Golden State Warriors in Vegas and possibly play summer league there. Slater also has a tweet in which he has a summer league sheet sheet. Basically, Moses Moody, the only one of those players that I've mentioned as notables that will be playing in San Francisco at the California Classic this weekend. Not in San Francisco and maybe in Las Vegas, we will see James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Pot Pat Baldwin Jr. So again, no SF for James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, or Pat Baldwin Jr. will not see them in the California Classic this weekend. And the only player not playing in both the California Classic and Summer League in Vegas is Ryan Rollins. And speaking of the California Classic, at the Chase Center, the Golden State Warriors will be hosting the California Classic once again from July 2nd to 5th, of course, taking a break on July 4th. For the 4th of July, day one on Saturday will feature the Lakers and Heat at 2 p.m., followed by the Warriors and Kings at 4.30 on Sunday, July 3rd. It will start with the Heat versus Kings at 2 and end with a nightcap of the Warriors-Lakers at 4.30. And the final day on July 5th, it'll be Warriors-Heat with an early game at 12 p.m. and the Kings and Lakers will close it out at 2.30 p.m. And fans, if you want to make a purchase to these California Classic games, of course, you can check out ChaseCenter.com or the Golden State Warriors official team website. Like I said to all of you listeners, a jam-packed summer league roster draft pick news here for the Golden State Warriors. And just when you thought no more news would be happening, well, it did. The Warriors have chosen to decline options for Juan Toscano Anderson and Chris Chioza for the upcoming season, meaning they are unrestricted free agents and are free to sign wherever they choose to. Juan Toscano Anderson, the qualifying offer was $2.1 million and Chris Chioza at $1.9 million. So that would free about nearly $4.1 million for the Golden State Warriors for the upcoming season. And the Warriors do have some choice of notable free agents today after Dante DiVincenzo and Patty Mills declined their options for the Sacramento Kings and the Brooklyn Nets. Those could potentially be targets for the Golden State Warriors for next season. And also, news from James Wiseman, who went through a full practice. He said that he really wanted to play in every summer league game but the Warriors are taking a cautious approach we saw of course the two rehab games that James Wiseman had with the Santa Cruz Warriors the last season and after that 
of course, swelling returned to the knee, and they shut him down for the entire 2021-2022 NBA season. And we are all the Warriors fans are looking to see James Wiseman in Summer League in Vegas and hopefully a healthy offseason, no injuries, fingers crossed, and we will be able to see him make an impact to hopefully him backing up Kevon Looney if the Warriors can re-sign Kevon Looney. Now, what is the center market looking like? Of course, yesterday, Ivica Zubac of the LA Clippers signed a three-year $33 million extension. That's $11 million per year. Now, will Kevon Looney command that? Uh, off the Athletic, there was that article, of course, um, saying that the Warriors have a great chance at re-signing Kevon Looney. So we'll see if that market value will be between that 8 to $12 million range for Kevon and of course Gary Payton the second another first target that the Warriors are looking to re-sign news that the Dallas Mavericks were in on the pursuit of Gary Payton the second GP2 is expected to command somewhere between six to seven million per year so looking at Kevon Looney and GP2 that's about anywhere from 17 to 18 million total split between the two key players part of the Golden State Warriors championship run I think Kevon Looney is priority number one then Gary Payton the second will become priority number two and of course we'll see how the Warriors react and if they do also bring back Nemanja Bielitsa or Otto Porter Jr. Of course, the Warriors are definitely going to try to run it back with as many guys as they can with the championship roster they had this season. They'll make slight moves here and there. Of course, not retaining JTA and Chioza opens it up for the two-way contract of Lester Quinones, and we'll see what happens with Quindary Weatherspoon if he will still be with the Golden State Warriors after the summer league season. And to close out this episode, we have to talk about Draymond Green and Kendrick Perkins going at it on the podcast, talking about how Kendrick Perkins basically knows nothing and that the new media needs to analyze the games better. That's what the new media is to actually analyze the games and talk about it rather than these talking heads just talking about nonsense and trying to create drama well this dates all the way back to when Draymond and Kendrick Perkins first went at it at each other where Kendrick Perkins said something along the lines of Draymond Green got his wife after he made millions while Kendrick Perkins had his wife before he was even a millionaire in the NBA this led to Draymond Green calling Kendrick Perkins a name that I cannot say on this podcast but you can look at up yourself and Kendrick Perkins went on Twitter spaces to hash it all out with Richard Jefferson being there on Twitter spaces as well Draymond Green comes back and gives a shot at Kendrick Perkins on his most latest podcast telling Kendrick Perkins once again that he knows nothing and that's just to paraphrase it all you can check it out yourself but on the Old Man in 3 podcast with J.J. Reddick, it was a live audience, and Draymond Green was asked or about the 2016 NBA Finals and how Stephen Curry has changed and grown since then. And to paraphrase, Draymond Green said that Steph Curry did not have that it factor in him in the 2016. He did not have that mentality to be able to get a bucket like he can here in 2022. Now, 
a lot of Warriors fans were angry at Draymond Green for those comments, saying that, hey, how can you talk about the guy that gave you and helped the Golden State Warriors achieve this fourth ring just a few days or a week after winning the NBA championship? And I don't think Draymond was intentionally trying to say that Steph Curry wasn't that guy. And he also said that they needed Kevin Durant in 17 and 18 to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers because once again of Stephen Curry not being able to buy that bucket. He said that for the 2016 season, but if you think about that and him saying those comments of they needed Kevin Durant to beat the Cavaliers, when you put two and two together, that's a lot of ripping on Steph Curry. And when you look at it back in the day about that podcast with Rich Paul and him saying that Rich Paul would be able to lock down Steph Curry and Draymond not saying anything to defend Steph, it really looks like a bad image on Draymond Green. But Draymond Green is also an entertainer, a podcaster, and he's trying to get clicks on his podcast for great views, just like any other uh, media person is trying to do. We'll just leave it at that for this episode. We'll definitely dive later on into more about the Draymond Green saga, what it means for Steph's legacy, and can Kevin Durant possibly make a comeback to Golden State? We'll cover all of that, and would Warriors fans even welcome KD back? All of that on future episodes here of the Strength in Numbers podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this jam-packed episode. We got the parade in, we got the draft picks, and we also, of course, got the Draymond Green podcast and what he said about Steph Curry into this. And that's what happens when you miss two weeks since the Warriors won the NBA championship. I promise you guys it will not be this hectic or as jammed into one episode of a podcast going down the line. I am off of vacation, so we will have the routine of a podcast every single week. And of course, I am working on guests, so stay tuned as we'll hear other perspectives on the Golden State Warriors going down the line. Once again, you can follow me, your host, Brandon Cadiz, on Twitter at bcadiz0. And make sure to hit follow on this podcast, Strength and Numbers on the Believe Podcast Network. And of course, Rick Barry's House. That's the new podcast name, no longer Warriors 24 Podcast. Go follow Rick Barry House on Twitter as well. It has this podcast, The Rick Barry Show, and of course, Cyrus Sotz's new podcast, which used to be the podcast I hosted in Warriors 24-7 Podcast. A lot of Warriors content this summer. Stay tuned, subscribe, and thanks for tuning into this episode. Thanks for hitting follow on wherever you listen to your podcast. And we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And this show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.